All right, July 28th, Motown Rundown. The first Motown Rundown with the return of sports. I'm feeling great. I got nothing else to say other than I'm feeling great. Life is good. Guys, how are you doing? Welcome back to the Life with Sports. Collins, go for it. It's great. Love me some baseball. My Zoom's not working, my camera. So if I'm a little choppy, blame it on the Zoom and the technology or my mom's computer. I'm, I'm buying a computer at Costco this week. Little life update. Just you're finally going to stop using your tablet that holds its charge for like 10 minutes? No, that tablet has been dead for about three months. I've been using my mom's <laughs> computer. Yeah, well, good for you. That's a good little upgrade. I mean, not really. My mom's computer is not a big. It's like a Lenovo. That no, no. Works. I, I mean, I mean, buying your your new computer. There I know. Go. I feel I mean, like an adult buying something that's more than like a hundred and ten dollars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that makes me happy. I'm doing well. I don't know. I don't really have anything to report. It's my last week here in uh, Ludington. Wow. So rest in peace. Finishing it up. I was just telling you guys, finishing up my summer class. Life is starting to, like, you know, stress is starting to leave a little bit. We got Lakers, Clippers Thursday night. I can't wait. A lot of good things going on. So, Trent, can you explain this to me, Lakers, Clippers? That's a seeding game, right? Yeah. So, yeah. it's Jazz, Jazz, Pelicans, and then Lakers, Clippers the same night, right? Yes, yes. Six o'clock and nine o'clock, I believe, loosely, give or take half an hour. But they're yeah, it's they're essentially regular season games. Just there's eight eight of them, and then they start the playoffs. I'm gonna be honest. I, I'm gonna be tuned in a lot, but I've been pretty captivated by baseball more than I thought I would be. Yeah, me too. Like, actually, I've been, like, I've watching, been watching casual baseball games on national television. Like, yeah, me too. I watched Indians now. White Sox today, like the last five innings of it. Just sat there and watched. I had other things to do. Didn't want to do them. Kept putting it's just them off. so nice watching sports. It's yeah, it so nice. I was telling I was telling Trent earlier the first day of the MLB, uh, I guess the opening day. I came off the golf course. I walked right into the bar. I was watching the uh, what was it Nationals and Yankees. Of course, that game gets rained out. So in my mind, I'm like, well, great. This game's gonna get rained out. Everyone's gonna get COVID in the while they're sitting in the dugout. Someone's gonna get COVID in the in the clubhouse. Season shut down. Then I actually got to watch Dodgers and Giants, which was awesome. Then on the 24th, obviously, Tigers opening day. We'll get to that. Then I watched the Athletics and Angels play until like 1.30 in the morning. I'm locked in. I just thought that I was going to get burned out from all this baseball really quickly because if you're not a baseball guy, even if you are a baseball guy, watching nine innings of baseball, especially when it's not your own team, is a tough ask. I think I've watched like every game. I can't get enough of it. It's, it's a sense of normalcy because, like – I mean, we can talk about, like, the Marlins and, like, their whole team testing positive, and probably it's not the safest protocol. But, like, if we're being honest, it feels a little normal. I know when you see the empty stadiums, you're like, oh, it doesn't. But, like, the viewing aspect is really not that impeded, especially, like, the people who put the cardboard cutouts behind the plate. I'm, like, like, when I'm just casually watching, I got one eye on my phone and the other on the TV. I'm like, oh, there's this. It looks normal. So, like, it, it, it's a sense of normalcy. That's why I think I like watching baseball so much right now because you get to see the stadiums, the backdrop, all that from the different cities, unlike the NBA and these other places that are in a bubble with these really cool screens like the NHL and the NBA have, but it's not, like, the same as you're playing in your home stadium. 
Yeah, it's it's funny because um, I mean for for months really, I mean since these plans came out and whatever, we've just heard about oh it's gonna be so weird without fans and stuff. And I mean now it's like here we are a weekend. I don't want to say I'm used to it, but it's almost like it just I didn't realize how how much it didn't really affect the way I viewed it. Anyways, I don't know. It's I'm sure you know postseason's a different story. If there's no fans in the yeah. postseason, which there won't be. Uh, that's that's going to be a little different, you know, like if there's a walk-off in Game 7 of the World Series and it's dead silent, it's going to be like, you know, what the hell's going on? But it's just funny because it really, Collins, I'm with you, it hasn't really affected my viewership that much. It's just kind of like, you know, I got baseball on. It's great. It's like, go- I mean, I saw uh, Mission State Basketball writer, Mission Basketball, and he does a little PGA stuff. So he said covering golf like the first week, it was weird not seeing spectators. And then, like, the second to, like, third week, you're like, it's just the game. You kind of get over that. And I think it, I think that's right. I think everyone's going to surprisingly not necessarily take for granted, like, what's going on. And I think in the NBA that people are going to delegitimize who the champion is this year. I don't really think that's going to happen now. I, like, it, it, I think unless, like, LeBron or Giannis won it. I think people will discredit it for like for other reasons, but like I think it's gonna have a real feeling to it because it feels real. Like even with these expedition games and these regular season games in Major League Baseball, it's not like these guys are walking through the motions. You can feel that it's like they're. It feels like it matters. Is that I? I don't know if you guys think the same way, but I, I do. No, I do too. I mean, we, we kind of talked about it and we've been talking about it, you know, in weeks past and stuff just leading up to all this. But now that it's here, there's two, there's two trains of thought. It's like, you know, it, it, you could discredit it because of the layoff or you could say it's more important because it just means so much more to the fans right now and everything, right? You know, just to have that, you know? So I don't know. I think it means more for me personally, it means more, you know, and we're all sports guys. I think baseball and golf, Collins, you kind of mentioned it, like just the game itself carries the product. Like for, for me, baseball, the, the atmosphere and the fanfare isn't as important as, again, being Tigers fans the last couple of years, you really haven't had that many people in the park. So for me, it doesn't really diminish the quality of the game. And as you said, I mean, I, I watched, I've watched plenty of MLB games this year. I really haven't watched any of the NBA exhibition games. I watched the, uh, the Penguins and Flyers play today in the NHL's first exhibition game. The pace was great. Everyone looked awesome. That was a good game as well. So for me, as long as the product's good, I don't really care. I mean, like I said, baseball isn't one of those sports where it's like half the time people are on their phones or in the bathroom or not really paying attention to the game. So unless you have a big home run or or something like that or up until the bottom of the ninth, people are sitting down as it is. So whatever. All I know is for me is, is I'm reading this book right now called The Compound Effect, and it's pretty ironic because this whole book is about, you know, making daily choices and not sitting down and watching TV for – three hours a day when you could be like reading a book or going for a run. And I, it's tough to read that right now because especially as soon as the NHL starts and they're playing five games a day, this is all I have for the next couple months. Well, oh, you can ask, send a letter to the author, <clears throat> excuse me, ask for a caveat when there's a global pandemic. <laughs> it's a little different. Oh boy. Yeah. I'm trying to get my life in order, but at the same time, it's just like, what do I, I haven't been able to do this in months. So let me have this one guy that wrote the compound effect good book by the way no free ads but good book so i come home from work today and i like i kind of feel bad because my mom is like the lowest on a totem pole for our tv remote 
Like yeah. everyone in the house has like their hierarchy. The dad is number one at all times. And my dad takes it to the next level where he's a complete freak show. Well, like yeah, but you, didn't you take his cable box one time or something? What was that story? Oh, I I brought down their cable box from their room. Because they never really had a TV in their room. Well, I don't know why I'm even talking about that. Whatever. I took his cable <laughs> box. <laughs> that would have been the, like, the weirdest story to talk about. But I took the cable box downstairs to make dual TVs during the week before conference tournament week in college basketball because I didn't go on certain break. And I just dedicated myself to watching college basketball. And then my dad was like, what the hell, man? Are you kidding me? I couldn't, wa- I couldn't watch HGTV at 10 o'clock last night. Are you kidding me? But my, I, I came home today, and getting back to my original point, I came home today from work. And I'm like, my mom's like, oh, there's food in there. I'm eating. I'm watching Good Bones and HGTV. I actually kind of like that show. It's got a little fixer-up vibe to it. I like the people. They seem classy. But I'm like, mom, can you turn it? Can I turn a baseball game on? And she's like, really? And I'm like, yeah, really? Are you kidding me? I was, I, I was like in shock. I was like, yeah, turn it on. We've been watching Good Bones and fixer-up for the last six months. Collins, I am very glad. I'm at, I am very glad that to uh, to hear your voice today because Trent and I thought you were dead this week. Yeah, we we, honest, we really not did not hear. We didn't hear from Collins for like 48 hours. I mean, listen, listen. In in fairness, I think Rabs and I both knew you were fine because you don't respond a lot as it is. You just you just you know you you've explained this, Collins. You just kind of sometimes you look at. You look at a text and you mean to respond, and in your head you respond, but you don't actually respond. So then, I didn't I even. No, I'm, I'm not even kidding. I didn't even register your guys' text messages this week. How weekend. is that possible? I, I try, I'm not going to let you. I'm not going to let you give Collins like a pass. How old no. are you, Collins? You're 21 now. Like yes. it's time to grow up. You're not like 14 and like, oh yeah. Sorry, I was in the backyard, like, digging in the mud, like, find, trying to find worms. I didn't see your text come across well, my iPod Touch. Well, on Saturday, I had a few drinks. So that <laughs> discredits anything that was tested to me on Saturday. I, like, and I didn't, like, really have my phone on me. I wasn't really looking at my phone. And then on Sunday, I worked, like, earlier in the day. So I didn't really look at any of that stuff. And then yesterday I was like, wow, I have 48 messages in the Motown rundown chat that I just haven't responded to. Yeah. Maybe and there's like three different text messages. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's like, uh, can we record tonight? Can we record tonight? Can we record tonight? And I was like, is Collins alive? I'm like, oh no. <laughs> like, not a good look. I've got the, I've got the, the timestamps. I'm not going to like go into everything, but at 6 PM on Sunday, Rav's asked to, to record when, when we should record whatever. And when we finally heard back from Collins, it was on 9.53 on Tuesday. So that was a two-day period. <laughs> that was a two-day period where we heard nothing from Collins. We didn't know if he was alive. No radio silent. And when we did the text, Tuesday. It was Tuesday. Was yesterday. Oh, this is yesterday. Yeah, Monday. Monday he texts oh, us. Oh, Monday, Monday. night. Okay, sorry. Today and he is- just goes, he goes, working. And it's like, okay, <laughs> all right, dude. <laughs> I'm sorry. Now we can't that even see his me. face. No excuses. That was just bad. That now we just... can't even see his face on the Zoom because your computer's not working. So this is just we're not. I don't even know if this is actually you. Are you being held? Blink twice if you're being held hostage. That means no. Actually, sense. we can't. We can't see you. Never mind. 
Listen, it does throw off the vibe a little bit. Yeah, I can see you guys. So, Callis, it's not your fault. I know your camera's not working, but I wish I could see you guys. So I'm fine. So, I wish I could see your expressions, though. Uh, I, I I don't have any very strong takes until we really get into the Tigers. All right, then let's do it then. Yes. All right. So let's get into the Tigers. Won't be disappointed. Good segue. Let's uh, let's take a few steps back here. Uh, the season kicked off on July 24th. It was a Friday. They played the Reds. Um, I guess we can just kind of talk about the series as a whole. First game, they had three hits and a 7-1 to one loss. Full transparency. After the game on Friday, and we have a segment at the end that kind of talks about overreactions to the Tigers this year, I was like, this team legitimately might not win double-digit games. That's how bad they looked. They were so out of sorts. It looked like a team that has been playing together for the first time. Uh, Matthew Boy was pretty pitiful in that game as well. Uh, but either way, three hits in that 7-1 to loss. The next game, they come back with a 6-4 to win. Uh, in the third game of that series, to win the series, C.J. Crone goes deep in the top of the ninth to win that game 3-2. to um, As far as that series goes, let's kick it off. Uh, Trent, we can start with you. Thoughts, opinions, comments, questions, concerns? So I was on a camping trip on Oh, that's right, Friday, yes. Saturday, so I really – I did not I have see – TV in the woods. No TV in the woods, no. I, I caught some of Sunday's game, but uh, – was that a three-game series? Yeah, it was yes. a three-game series, right? So, okay, so I only saw the third game of that series. Um, I, I guess my general takeaways, I don't really know. I, I don't have anything super spicy until we talk about the Royals series so far. But I, Miggy looks – he just – everything Miggy hits goes to the warning track, and they get, it's like yeah, I'm kind of looking forward hard. to him playing in some shallower ballparks because right now – I. Miggy is at that point in his career where I feel like he just – he swings and he makes contact every time, and it's going to go deep, but it's just a matter of if you're in a pitcher's park or not. So, like, tonight at Comerica, I get pissed when he hits two to the warning track, and, and his batting average really doesn't reflect how he's hitting the ball. But, you know, that, that's that. I'm also a huge Miggy apologist. I love the guy, you know, as, Dude, as, that, as do we all. Trent, talking about that, though, I think – I think Miguel Cabrera, like, is the most underrated player in Major League Baseball history. I truly believe that. Because I, he does not get the recognition for how good he was for that four- to five-year span. Like, he was putting up – like, he was in 330 in Comerica. Yeah. Hitting with, like, power. 40 home runs and over 100 RBIs. He, uh, he probably could have had, like, 55 – home runs if he was playing in Camden Yards when Chris Davis and Adam Jones and all those guys were putting up massive numbers in those years at the same time juiced, Miggy was in his prime. That's Chris what I'm saying. Juiced. Yeah, I, I mean, you could say Chris that about Davis, a lot of guys. I, I, I would have to go back and find the numbers, but Miggy would have won two straight triple crowns if it weren't for Chris Davis juicing. Because I think yeah, the year – whatever, whatever. I don't know. Miggy, I mean, I think Miggy looks good, like Rab said. He's in the ball hard. He had that big home run in – Game on Saturday, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one of the I, two I, I, I mean, year, I think. I mean, he really hasn't been noticeable other than that. But there's a lot of guys on his team who've made a like a first impression that I've been pleasantly surprised about. Yep. Yep. And and real quick, if I can if I can throw a couple names out there, then Collins, I'll turn it over to you. Greg Soto, which I texted you guys. Nasty. Greg Soto is my tiger. How are ya? He will come up a little later in one of my segments, but um, oh good. That's that. I I I really actually I kind of like what I see from Jacoby Jones. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fall for fool's gold. 
He actually looks pretty good. Scope and Crone, by the way, have been great pickups. Uh, that's kind of what you wanted to do with uh, Josh Harrison and Jordy Mercer a year ago. At least, you know, early on, it looks that way. Very, very young season. But um, I don't know. I, I, I think, you know, we'll talk about the Royal Series later but or, or in, a, in a bit here. But I think tonight's win, tonight being, you know, uh, Monday, what is it, Tuesday, gosh, Tuesday night, 4-3 uh, victory over the Royals. I think that's the most impressive win of the season thus far, simply because it's a come-from-behind win. Your starter only pitched, what, three, three and a third innings, three, three and two-thirds, something like that, four innings. And, and it was up to your bullpen to come in and get it done. Those guys did that. You know, Buck Farmer Collins, I know you're not a fan. I hate I'm, not, I'm not particularly a fan either. But, you know, those guys it's came in and got it done. change up in baseball. It's, a, <laughs> it's, it's just encouraging to watch the bullpen do something after we've watched, it seems like, 10 years of mediocrity to very bad Tigers bullpens. And it was a come-from-behind win. Timely hits. You know, that's, all, that's what it's all about. I mean, I want to get Rabs in the midst because I feel like we just shunned them. But let's slow the roll on the bullpen trends in five games. I'm just going to well, say. I, I know. I'm just saying. I think tonight's win was the best because of the bullpen and the come from behind. Okay. That's just, that's just my, that's my assessment. Do I, I think it's going to hold up? Probably not. If the Tigers are going to win games, it's going to have to be like six to five, six to four, eking them out, you know? They're not, they're not, gotcha. they're not a powerhouse hitting team. But the, so far, at least, they're a timely hitting team. So we'll see. Yeah, before, uh, before we unwrap the Royals series, at least the first two games of it, going back to that Cincinnati series, the things I took away primarily for me, um, again, I think Friday's game, uh, the team looked really out of sorts as far as not really being able to string together hits. Uh, as I said, Matthew Boyd didn't look good at all coming out for his first start of the season. Uh, Nico Goodrum in the leadoff spot. This is something that I know Collins and I were kind of texting about a bit. I don't really know if I like him in the leadoff spot. He struck out a ton. This team as a whole, I don't know if I have the number correct, but I want to say – I actually don't think the number is correct at all. But I, st- I think they struck out, what, like close to 15 or 16 times against whenever they played Trevor Bauer. Was that on Saturday or Sunday? Their strikeouts were astronomical. I feel like I know C.J. Crone struck out four times the other night. Um, Maggie struck out a couple times. Jacoby Jones, same thing. Nico Goodrum in that leadoff spot. I'm not expecting the leadoff hitter to get on base every single time. Uh, but I think what you've seen from Jacoby Jones so far, as far as number one, he's obviously got the speed to be a, be a leadoff hitter. And not only does he hit with for contact, he does hit with power, too. I just think I'd rather see Goodrum a bit lower in the lineup. I don't know if – I mean, Jacoby Jones obviously been a guy. Even like a Cameron Maben, too, to bat leadoff as a – as a veteran guy who's shown that he can he can bat at multiple positions in the lineup. Um, but I, I thought Nico Goodrum looked a bit lost at the plate in the Cincinnati series. That series to me really showed me that I think a lot of the production that you're going to get from this team this year is going to rely heavily on your free agents being Romine, Crone, Scope. And if you want to throw Mabin in there because he technically was a free agent, those are the guys to me that in the first series, those are the guys that were carrying carrying the load for the most part. And I know, again, I don't want to jump too far to conclusions because we're only five games into the season here. But with we, we always talk about these these other players that we're looking to make a step. Condelario, who we really haven't seen him get off to much of a start at the plate this year. Um, Jacoby Jones has been fine. But again, Nico Goodrum, I know he hit a bomb the other day, which is great. Uh, between him and, you know, you look around the infield, Jordy Mercer, for example, um, Christian Stewart, who got his first hit and first home run of the season tonight 
Um, that's where you're, you're just looking for the rest of the season as far as which one of these guys is going to step up and show you that they can play every day. So um, to me, that was the biggest takeaway from coming out of the Red Series was like, wow, you're lucky that you have the guys that I mentioned as far as the group of Romine, Crone, Scope, and Maven because you're not really getting production out of much else. But uh, going into Monday, which was yesterday for us, um, 14 to six loss to the Royals. This was probably the game that has the most to talk about. I would say, as far as a couple storylines, number one, Michael Fulmer's back. He went two and two thirds, uh, five hits, four earned runs, one walk, and two strikeouts. As much as that line doesn't look pretty, I actually didn't mind what I saw from Fulmer. Um, he's he's still putting his fastball mid 90s, which is awesome. He looks good physically, which is great. And you knew coming into this this season, especially this start, that he was going to be on a bit of a pitch count, as many of these guys are going to be for the Tigers. So I didn't expect him to go six, seven innings. Uh, I know he's having a little bit of trouble locating the slider. He left a couple fastballs up in the zone, which cost him the one home run that happened early on. Um, also, too, finally, as we've been talking about for it seems like months and months upon maybe even years on the show, you finally see Bo Burrows, you finally see Kyle Funkhauser, Anthony Castro get some time, too, all making debuts. All those guys gave up bombs. I'm pretty sure every single one of them let up a home run, um, which also, back to here's my theory that the balls are juiced. If they weren't juiced last year, the balls are juiced this year because there is no way, A, the Tigers are hitting home runs like they are, and, B, there's home runs like, like – Every single game the Tigers have been in this year. And I know like Great American Ballpark is a, is a pretty hitter-friendly uh, park, but before we get any further, um, if you have anything left to say about the Reds, go for it. If not, uh, let's talk about the pitching for the Tigers. Between Fulmer and you see these young guys' thoughts, opinions. Dude, watching that Red series, didn't – it like – I don't know, like, more than any other player – in my lifetime, it was weird seeing Nick Cassianos on the other team. It really was. Like, very weird. I don't know what it is. Might just be that I've heard about him, like, through the farm system, like, throughout my whole life almost, basically. He was so hyped up to be such a good prospect for the Tigers. He really – he was a pretty good player. It was odd to see him in a Reds uniform. Dude, for me, it was the – And also, why was he, like, person? screaming at his coach? Did anyone see that video? I'm like, settle yeah. down, dude. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, you suck in right field. Yeah, like, you suck. For me, dude, Collins, it, it was the – I agree. It was the vibrant, basically neon red jersey he's wearing. I was like, who is this guy? You dude, know, those red like, jerseys stink. Just didn't those, look – Those are so bad. Also can't stand Trevor Bauer. Oh, Trevor he Bauer. sucks. He sucks. What would you say, Rabs? He I like sucks. Trevor Bauer. He's good for the I, game. I, I you hate say like or do you say love? I said love first. I think you said love. Dude, this really this is why Rabs Rabs is old man. He doesn't like Yasio Puig, but he likes Trevor hey, Bauer. Like him. Trevor Bauer stinks, dude. I can't stand Trevor. He thinks he's so – he's not even good. I don't know. I think he Max. had like 12 strikeouts against your Tigers the other day. So got yeah, well, we had Harold, Harold Castro batting in a three slot or something. Very so, true. I don't know. Very true. I'm sorry, 13 Collins. strikeouts he had. Get him, Collins. I hate Look, Trevor Bauer. I if hate I can him. say, if He's I can so say annoying. one quick thing, if I can say one quick thing about Fulmer, I would just say this. Initially, I voiced my concern and my my uh, my anger, disappointment, whatever you may call it, impatience, in the group chat, saying, you know, when your starter only goes, you know, not even three innings, it's going to be tough to win. But Rams, you bring up a good point. A lot of the mechanics really didn't look that far off, and you get you got to get the you got to get the rust off at some point, you know. And you don't have minor leagues. 
and you you, you got to get them back in at some point because it is a 60 game season which you know as much as we're talking about how that's going to be a sprint uh it's going to be <laughs> it's long enough to the point where you might need a guy like Fulmer especially if the Tigers are you know actually trying to compete for something so I don't know at the very least you're trying to get them just started trying to get them rolling back in and he didn't look horrible uh the, and the Royals just honestly had a day yesterday and if, if, if you're going to give up you know a blowout like that it would be the one that Fulmer started so that's I guess that's all right I would I would I will say this though I would look for him to uh bounce back in a second start if he doesn't look better in a second start then I'm going to be a little concerned I mean I, it's going to take some time he just hasn't pitched in a really long time yeah but like I, I was listening to it at work and they were just raving about his slider like in the first yeah. like two innings and at first two innings and then yeah they kind of like settled down I mean it's not taking a while I mean he had wipeout stuff like from the minute he was on the Tigers he kind of struggled when he had that lead injury a couple of years ago but like Fulmer overall for the Tigers has been nasty and it's going to be a growing process for a guy who's young uh, is this a, his second Tommy John or first Tommy John? His first. His first Tommy John. So I, I, I'm imagining that he has to rework his mechanics, and that's going to take a while, especially with limited time in spring training to work out all the kinks and stuff. I, he didn't even pitch in spring training. Am I right? Yeah, he did not. So, like, this is his I don't, dude, I don't think we would have – I don't really think that we would have seen Fulmer if this COVID stuff didn't happen as far as yeah. pushing the season back. So, I mean, it's going to take time. I, I, I'm not even going to make a comment on it because I was just genuinely shocked that they're just like, yeah, he's going to be our third starter. Like, I was kind of shocked they even went to that point. So, it's interesting. And it's nice to see those young guys, even if they're getting taken deep, it's nice to put a face to the name. Yeah, I think as far as Fulmer goes back on that train, um, you, you can expect – I know that be, before the season – the Tigers came out and they were like, look, we're going to use him as an opener. I hate this term opener and I hate that people do it. I don't really understand the thought process behind let's throw one of our starting pitchers who should be going six to seven innings. Let's throw him for three and absolutely gas our whole bullpen because that's how that's the new strategy in baseball. But as far as Fulmer's case is concerned, a guy coming off of Tommy John surgery, I don't mind at all that he's, he's on a pitch count. So that's the reason why he didn't extend over three innings. Um, but, yeah, as I said, I think, you know, the, the, the slider, we know what he's capable of with that pitch, and it is nasty when it's on. And for me, the thing that I'm most impressed with is that, you know, to see Fulmer come out and be able to throw 94 to 96 as opposed to coming out and only touching 90, 91 – that, to me, is the biggest concern coming off of Tommy John surgery is losing the velocity, which he hasn't. It was a matter of him not really being able to locate the pitch, which to me is not so much of an injury thing as it is more so you need to get reps and get back in the swing of things. As far as the young guys that, that pitched, um, I truly wasn't impressed that much with Bo Burrows. I think Kyle Funkhauer has a bit more to his arsenal as far as what he can throw you at the plate. Um, but again, all three of those guys between Burroughs, Funkhauser and Castro, I'm fine. They got lit up. I mean, it just, Funkhauser was like one pitch away from getting out of a tough inning that they had a little ball squeak up to the right side. Um, that kind of made things look a lot worse than they actually were. Um, but for the, for those three guys making debuts, if you're going to judge them off of one appearance, I don't really know what to tell you, but I think they're going to be fine. The bottom line is with, with, with these pitchers, these young guys and any pitchers at all and Jack Morris, which we can get into Jack Morris in a second, but he um, stinks. He does he's so stink, bad at his job. <laughs> 
But the one thing that he that he was saying a lot, which I completely agreed with, is you know the 94, 95 mile per hour fastball in Major League Baseball now is like you know it's like the new like eighty nine to ninety one stuff. You know everyone that you see pitch and you've watched it in these last couple of series, everyone's coming out for when ninety four, ninety five miles per hour. You know obviously you have your guys that can top out around ninety nine, hundred. You've seen a couple of those guys, Greg Soto being one for the Tigers, but people can throw hard, and and more importantly, the hitters can catch up to it. So it's all about being able to locate the fastball for some guys that are these middle to late relievers. All they really throw is maybe two pitches. You know, they might give you fastball slider or fastball changeup slider. And if you can't locate your fastball down in the zone, you're going to get hurt. And that's what happened to Burroughs, Funkhauser, and Castro, leaving fastballs up in the zone, not getting their breaking stuff to fall off the plate. And that's where you get taken deep and deservedly so. So that to me is – a, a learning a learning curve as far as, look, this is where we need to be spotting pitches in Major League Baseball. And B, it's just a matter of, you know, that's for improvements to make. Control is everything at this point in your career. So um, that's really my only commentary on the pitching. Obviously, the game got out of hand. The Tigers looked good right off the jump. I was very impressed that they actually got off to a pretty strong start. But, you know, once the game gets blown open like that, and once you can start to string together some hits, they just seem to keep coming. So um, for me, as far as the Monday loss, it is what it is. Glad to see some names that we've been talking about for a while and glad to see Michael Fulmer back. So I don't know if you guys have anything else, we could move into tonight's game. Just don't expect a lot from this pitching staff. It's not good. It's just flat out not good. Look, I, I, I don't know what else to say. Would you guys, I mean. Well, I mean. But, I think but, we, we went on a long about answer talking about potential and stuff. It's not good. Like, well, unless, but, 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 I, I don't think Boyd is a He's not a one. Ivan Nova is like three years past being relevant. Spencer Turnbull, I think it's just going to be a guy he'll either go six shutout innings or give up like 15 runs. Like he'll, he'll be no in between. And the back end of their bullpen isn't bad so far. They haven't looked bad so far. But other than that, I think, I mean, the starting pitching staff, I think is going to be like they haven't looked bad in this first five games. Like looking at it, like, I mean, they're three and two. It's not terrible. And they won their first series against a pretty good Cincinnati Reds teams, but the the rotation is the weak spot of this team, and that was that that's actually kind of surprising to say that. It is a little surprising. I guess they stunk last year hitting the ball. If if there's one thing, I mean, we've seen it through five games. Granted, small sample size. I don't know how many times you have to say it, but it's like this team. If this if this Tigers team is going to win and is going to make any sort of a run here, make anything somewhat exciting, it's going to be because of timely hits. That's literally, you know, that's the fact of the matter. Your bullpen's going to have to hold up a little bit because, like you said, Collins, starting pitching staff not great. It's not horrible. It's not great. And yeah, I I, w- I would agree. You got to be patient. And again, just to add one more disclaimer about Michael Form- Michael Fulmer. In my opinion. I'm not saying he's got to go like six innings next his next outing with with you know eight strikeouts or something like that. I just I, I he did not look that good in his first start. Like you you don't really have a whole lot you can hit your wagon to. Rabs, you did a pretty good job breaking down specific pitches and and things like that. I would just hope he gets through at least you know three innings or, or four or five innings. Then you can at least say okay he's got the stamina. But again, like you guys continually say, you know he hasn't pitched in like a year plus. So. You give him a pass there. That's all I got. Yeah, as far as the rotation goes, look again. I, we have to. We do have to take into account the context here. We're talking about a team that's three and two through five games. So you know, for me, as far as the pitching is concerned, 
the, the good thing about having this expanded roster, I guess, is that you get the chance to see a bunch of different arms that you probably wouldn't see if your roster was tighter. I agree as far as the starting rotation. I have, you know, I have a Stinks. piece on, not good. on Matthew Boyd we'll get to in the end. Again, Avon Nova, you know, you look at, you look at years past as some of the guys that the Tigers have brought in to be kind of those stop gaps in the rotation to at least, you know, just to stop the bleeding because you really don't have any young pitchers that are ready to start. And that's what I think the goal is for a guy like Kyle Funkhauser. I know uh, Tarek Scooball is a guy that's on your taxi squad, Casey Mize as well, Matt Manning. So you have guys that are in the plans to take over a starting position. They're just not there yet. And I would have to imagine, other than maybe a Casey Mize, or maybe a screwball. The rest of these guys that you're that you're waiting on will probably see time in the bullpen before they make the jump. Tonight's game, as far as again, given the context, Tuesday, July 28th, as we're recording after a 4-3 Tigers win, Dario Agrizol was supposed to get the start tonight. I guess he's hurt now. I don't even know who this guy is. He came from Pittsburgh or something. But that would, that's who your your fifth starter is supposed to be. To your point, Colin, as far as the rotation goes, the only two guys that I'm willing to even consider to be in the rotation in the years going forward for me are Spencer Turnbull and, and Michael Fulmer. I've, I thought they should have traded Boyd last year. Again, I have more to say on Boyd as we get later into the Just show. Just say no. I mean, what, what oh, I, okay. Well, cause I, he was one of my overreactions. I we were going to do our, our over Tigers overreaction. Yeah, but we're talking I, about the pitching staff right now. Let's not, let's okay, not. Can you believe this people. guy? Can you believe this guy, Trent? I, uh, you can get into your overreactions, but if we're going to talk about the pitching staff, we might as well talk. This is where I need okay. the video to work. Yeah, I can't see him. Okay, my I think they should have traded Matthew Boyd last year. He had a career year last year, and I don't know who thought that he was going to either replicate or be better this year, but at least from what you saw game one, it's just not there. So for me going forward, it's Fulmer and Turnbull, and then if it becomes a Mize, if it becomes a Matt Manning, whoever else can fit the mold there, then by all means, go for it. Um, but uh, they ended up going with Ronnie Garcia tonight, who I believe is 22 years old. The Tigers got him in the Rule 5 draft, first overall pick in that Rule 5 draft. You uh, he again – huh? You looked fine, I thought. He did, and I, it's for whatever reason, too. Again, I don't know if, if the thought process is just we want to keep guys on a short pitch count because of injuries and it's early in the season. Um, but what did he go tonight? I think he went – would he go three innings? Yeah, three solid innings for him. He did, he did give up the one home run – um, he's got a pretty good mix of pitches. He's got a pretty lackadaisical motion, but somehow at his three-quarter arm slot, he can make guys miss three strikeouts tonight for him in three innings. Um, the thing that I like about Garcia, too, is he works really fast. Um, probably one of the fastest guys that I've, that I've seen work. But uh, other than that, too, you see Tyler Alexander tonight, who had a pretty decent outing. Um, Jose Cisnero and Greg Soto were probably your two pitchers as far as the bullpen is concerned that have looked good so far. Um, and then, of course, Buck Farmer and Joe Jimenez in the end. That, to me, is just you're using so many pitchers, and I'm sure that's going to be the case for the first couple of games here. Um, but my other takeaways from tonight's game, uh, obviously Jonathan Scope hits a shot to center field, which was awesome. Christian Stewart gets his first home run and hit of the year, which good for him because – as I'll get to in a second here, as far as uh, what the outfield looks like, it's it's about time he starts hitting. Um, Whit Merrifield also is like I, if the season ended today, he'd be like the highest rated MVP by far. Like that's a I meant to tell MVP. you this. I meant to tell you guys this. I think I would add him to my list of when do we do that segment? Opponents we hate for no good reason, really. Yeah, a couple like a couple weeks ago. I can't well, stand Merrifield's good reason. Well, I mean, okay. he kills the Tigers, dude. He kill he absolutely kills yes, the Tigers. He kills the Tigers, but he's also like an underdog story, you know, ninth round draft pick, whatever. 
can't stand the guy. I digress. That's all I got to say. No, he, he was – Whit Merrifield, I think, was four for four in yesterday's game, and then he just – he's just a tiger killer. That's just – that's just the made, he makes line. defensive plays too, like every time. And this is where up. this is where I think the ball is juiced too, because I feel like there were a million home runs hit today. Um, two things as far as the game goes that are concerned, and again, you guys feel free to add in whatever you want. Um, number one, Ryan Collins, as you mentioned it too. I don't know why they took Mickey out and in was it the seventh inning? That was uh, first of all. I don't know what that trend is. He's a DH. It's, a, it's not. He's not Victor Martinez. It's not like he can't run a little bit. I think he's actually a pretty good base runner, too. Like, he has a really good feel for baseball. Like, if you've watched the Tigers over the years, I know he's not the same athletic prowess that he was before. He's not a bad base runner. I'll never understand taking one of your best hitters out in the seventh inning of a one-run game. I get it if you're, like, down two runs. You're trying to make, like, something happen to get you into that situation. You're up one run, just relax. Whatever. But, well, maybe maybe that, I mean, you know, to that point, Collins, maybe that's just a sign that Guardy doesn't trust his bullpen. And, you know, I, I don't what? either. But, well, if how you was, was – how, how is pitch running for Miggy in the seventh not trusting his bullpen? It's nothing. Because you're trying, trying to get runs in. Because you're trying, trying to, get to get runs, runs in. in. I'm not justifying it. I wouldn't have done it. I, 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 would, I love Miggy's bat just as much as the next guy. Because we got – we got, I don't know, six or seven years of elite proof why you wouldn't do that. I'm with you. But I'm just saying, I think it's, it might, might speak volumes about what Garney thinks. I don't know. Yeah, you probably could. I mean, that's, again, the thought process there is just if you need Miggy in the bottom of the ninth, you're not going to have him because you have Willie Castro coming in to pinch run. The other thing, too, that I couldn't stand is I think it was the bottom of the sixth. There were no outs first and second with, with – was it Austin or Andrew? Which one do we have now? What's this guy's Austin. name? Austin. Wait, yeah. Austin. Austin, yeah. Yeah, Austin Romine comes up to bat. First and second, no outs in the bottom of the six. You're up by one run. How do you not bunt? Why does no one bunt anymore? Are you going to get – is someone going to get – like, oh, it's the – oh, it's like the analytics now. It doesn't make – bunt? Because every, every time we – That's the whole thing. That is what's ruined baseball. But, just, but I don't even know. Is that is that is yes. that is an analytics thing? Like, yeah, because you're giving away an out. That's oh, my God, time. really? Well, they gave away two outs. I've never seen a double play in the history of my life. It was like a 5-4-6-3-1 double play. I, didn't even, I never even – like, he, like, swang bunt, and then you got two outs. And now when you have, you know when you have a runner on third, when you could have moved a runner to second and third and a base hit scores two, now you only move one runner to third, and there's two outs, so you can't hit a sack fly. Yeah, but Romine's been – I mean, that's a situation where Romine's been pretty good at the dish. But he's batting eighth. He's, he's not, he's like, it's not like Miggy bunting. It's, it's Andrew Austin, Don Kelly, Romine, batting eighth. <laughs> he was like over three today, Romine. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure your boy Jack Morris wanted them to bunt. For what it's worth. I'll say They got that. two outs, double play. Can you believe that? Unbelievable. That I didn't get. But other than that, I mean, hey, I, they, the, the Tigers today were, I was just waiting for it to kind of fall apart, but they did their job. Um, again, the Christian Stewart home run was huge. Uh, how many guys had multiple hits today? Man, Maven had two hits today. Um, you're still waiting for Condelario to like do anything at the plate, and that to me, I told you, I told you guys two weeks, or last week ago, that's the guy that I'm going to hate at the end of the season. Granted, he was awesome on defense today. He has played that position significantly better than he did last year so far. But I mean, you got to hit. You just got to hit. Yep. Got nothing to add. Alan's dead. I'm not dead. I, I'm just. I mean, 
I get that's like the whole analytics thing in baseball. Like that's just that's like the, one of the main things that's like base stealing and bunting are not as prevalent, even though they probably should be. That, that, I, that I just that I can't stand. You got that's, a, that's why baseball is taking a dip. It's like it's not as cool. It's really not. Like it's the just shift, not as cool. The shift too is amazing. They gotta get rid of the shift. I'm literally in the can they gotta My uncle says my uncle Steven blew my phone up today, but why what's wrong with the shift, dude? It's just playing defense. There they shift I, think you, I think you can only you can shift, but it should only be like the old school big poppy shift. It can only be the like this is a stupid like idea I just have. It can only be the really big power left-handed hitters from the second baseman's <laughs> out in the right field. Well, Other they, than that, I can't accept it. I don't, but I just don't know. I, I I hear what you're saying, but I don't know how you enforce that. As far as like my uncle Stephen, tremendous human being, he says if you play shortstop, you should only be allowed to be where the shortstop stands. Well, like where's like where does it start and end? I don't know what you want to do. I think to me, what's annoying is when you have like Jacoby Jones hits a rocket up the middle and Whit Merrifield is standing right behind the base and just picks it out of the air. That's yeah. annoying. But you see like the different bear where the shift is gone. As you see like Miggy, they'll play Miggy like three steps back into the outfield grass. It's They're amazing. standing in the grass. They're all standing in the grass. But it works. They, they like, to, to, me, to me, that's, it's just, it's just defensive alignment. It's like, you know, if you got a guy that's throwing, you know, I look at like, 15U baseball that my brother plays. You got a guy throwing 85 miles per hour to a right-handed hitter. You're probably going to move your fielders more towards the right side of the field because he's not going to get around on the ball. Like you've been shifting outfielders for God knows how long. It's just part of the game. It's annoying. But to me, in that same standpoint, is like if I'm, I don't know, if I'm Andrew, which one is it? Is it Andrew or Austin? Austin. If I'm Austin Romine and I see the entire infield has moved to the left side of the field, poke one of the opposite field. Like that to me is just poor yeah hitting. easier said than done, Rabs. I mean, dude, it, dude, I, I don't. It's to to be a major league hitter to not be able to take a ball to the opposite side of the field. That it should be a little bit easier said, easier done than said. I do what you're saying to myself, but like they're not. Being, bunt, like, lay a bunt down. Ugh, I yeah, I don't know. I need all the analytics people to just bear down for me once bear down. and stop doing their job. That's what I need. Because Collins, like you said, baseball's losing its juice because it's not fun. It's not exciting. It's not even that. It's just like there's no arguments in baseball anymore. It's just like, oh, look at his war. I'm like, cool. No, <laughs> I'm not going to. Like, there's no eye test, like, arguments in baseball anymore. Yeah. There really so, isn't. It's just like, yes. What, I, I mean, like. His war, though. Once, once wins. I credit this all to Brian Kenny. I like Brian Kenny. He's on MLB Network, former sports center guy. Shut up with the numbers. I'm over it. I'm over it. Don't tell me how the wind doesn't matter to good starting pitching. Yeah, it might not matter, but, like, a, how a team plays behind a starting pitcher matters to me. It, yep. like, does. And that might, I'm, that might just be the old man inside of me. I'm just, just saying it. That matters to me. So, baseball needs to stop being like that. But I, that's why, I mean, Guardies, they're doing all this stuff, like, shifting. I don't mind the shift. Like, like you said, Rabs. I mean, if they're in a shift, you, you might as well yeah. try and What are you going to do? Yeah, you might. Like, if you can beat it, like, it's whatever. I don't know. But I don't know what I was just talking about. I just had a really bit tizzy about Brian. You should Kenny. be able to beat the shift. That's all I'm saying. And they should have bunted. Um, here's the one thing that, that kind of sparked up in my mind today, and I'd like to think that we can have some decent conversation about it. 
Um, obviously, again, you're only five games and you have 60 to, 60 to play. I think the one thing to me that's really going to be a problem for the Tigers is how they're going to get all these guys into the lineup. I mean, you've seen Victor Reyes come in, uh, and he's been inserted into left field, I think, two different times as a defensive replacement. He's been fine at the plate this year. He, start, he finished off last season hitting, I think, above 300, which is awesome yeah. because, as I said to you guys earlier, when he first came up for the Tigers, he was bad. Like, like, he had the longest swing in Major League Baseball history. Absolutely. He was, like, really bad. So, I, I just look at this roster, and, you know, you see Willie Castro come in today to pinch run for Mickey. You, you always, you know, you hear, like, Dewell Lugo, another name that we've seen up and down for the Tigers organization for the last couple of years. I'd like to see it at some point. I don't know if maybe you use tomorrow's game, as I believe it's the last game of the series with the Royals. I don't know if you if you use that as the game of like, okay, now we're going to give some these different guys a chance. They like they played Nico Goodrum at shortstop all five games in a row. Like, is that the guy you're really going with the short? So I don't. That's going to be the challenge for the Tigers in only a sixty game sample size is are because obviously you want to see these guys like a Christian Stewart. You want to see a, a, a Reyes get enough time in and get, get enough work in. But all these other names that I've, that I've mentioned and that you see that are just like been rotting on the bench, you got to find spots to work these guys in. Like to me, Austin, Andrew Romine, I don't need to see him play 70% of the games behind the plate because you have Grayson Griner, who is, you know, granted not the best hitter. I don't think he adds anything tremendously defensively that you're like, hey, this guy has to play instead of Romine, but he's one of your younger guys that you've been grooming in your farm system. That's a guy I need to see play more because you also have Jake Rogers on your taxi squad who is approaching his mid twenties now who you hadn't really seen anything off. So that to me is going to be like, when are we going to start seeing these guys again, five games in. So no reason to get all worked up, but you know, that to me is one of the more exciting things about this team, but Hey, you've been, you're, you're three and two so far with the team that you put on the field. And that to me, like they've shown you that they can win. That's the bottom line. Well, and you know what? I agree with everything you just said. It gets a little confusing. And, and this is, the, I guess this is the disadvantage of a rebuild is like, yeah, you got all these players you've been hearing about for a while. You're trying to get them up and get them reps and stuff. But then, yeah, you sign these vets on one year deals. And Rabs, as you said 10 minutes ago, those are the guys who are carrying you to these wins. Like, yeah, I got to so, watch Jordy Mercer at third base every third day for some reason. You don't win. You don't win tonight's game against the Royals without scope. And you don't win. You know, you, you, you might not have a win if CJ Crone hasn't been, you know, hitting bombs. So it, it's just, it's one of those things where. Yeah, you got to work those guys in, but as fans, we, we want to win, too. It's just tough. It's weird. To, it's, it's a tough line to walk. Yeah, I mean, I love when we get in these little tizzies where we just talk. We start talking about stuff and, like, just general topics, and then we just, like, go off in a little tangent. And people who are listening are probably like, what the, like, what the hell did they start talking about? And then we start talking about the shift and just, like, <laughs> randomly, let's get back into, like, how the catching situation is. But, like, do you really want to see Grayson Griner play? Yeah, dude. I mean, there's – Austin Roll. Yeah. I mean, Andrew Romine looks pretty good. Austin. <laughs> you had it right. Awesome. You had it right. Damn it. Yeah, no, he's – I think his average – and you've seen Austin Romine, especially last year, you know, he's a pretty above-average hitting catcher. Um, but I just think, again, for me, you know, I, I understand – Grayson Griner's not good. Like, yeah, I think we saw that already. But how many years have you seen him play? Like, two? Two? Like, I don't – like, yeah, I mean, that's dude, a pretty good that really sample a, size. 
Well, look, look, I, I, I actually – I kind of split hairs with you guys on this because, like, Collins, you're right. We've seen Griner play for two years. Well, yeah, how many years did James, McCann, James McCann played for, like, ten years, and now he's the best hitter in the world over in Chicago. That's what happens well, to Detroit. That just happens. Tigers. That happens to Detroit Tigers. across all four sports. You're not used to that? That happens. Well, that happens I mean, James McCann was good. Like, he was good. The Tigers just didn't want to pay him, which I don't really – it didn't really make any sense because they didn't have to pay anyone else. But whatever – but, like, I get if you're complaining about Jake. Like, let's get Jake Rogers some reps because he is probably your catcher for the future unless they really like this Ohio State kid. But I just burped in the middle of me saying what? Excuse me. But, uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, Listen, so, as I re As I regroup, I'm just going to say, Grayson Griner stinks. And he's uh, and must be a nice guy. He had some moments his first year. And I think he, he calls a decent game. He's not bad behind the plate. Not saying that, but I, I think he's a backup catcher at best. So if you're complaining about any catcher not seeing time, I'll talk about Jake Rogers. But well, I, I, for now, I'm fine with Austin Romine behind the dish. For me, and this is the last thing I'll say, I, as I just mentioned my whole thing about like defending the vets, kind of, it, for me, it's not a matter of seeing Griner or not. It's just I don't and – I, and I said this in our Tigers preview. I don't want to see Romine catch more than 30 games, and it's looking like he is. What if he hits 300? Well, that's what I'm saying. You got to walk the line that's and see if you want to win or not. But the fact is, and Collins, you know this, they're not bringing him back next year. It doesn't matter. They, if, if he hits 300, if he, if he hits 300 they'll flip him at the deadline. They'll trade him. What so is just, the deadline? When is I, I actually, as soon as I, I said that, I, is there one? There has yeah, to be. Yeah, I, I don't think you can get traded this year. Can you? I'm sure, I'm sure you can. Who knows, dude? With yeah, COVID? the second I said that, I was like, shit, is there even a deadline? And when is it? And how does that work? But whatever. I digress. I just want to see younger catchers catch. Collins, to your point, maybe, yeah. I'd rather see Jake Rogers than Griner. They just need to get. They just need to get these guys in and get get reps. Like I don't know. I can't make a judgment on Dewell Lugo because he plays like twenty games a year. I can't. I, sorry, I can't judge Dewell Lugo when he comes in in the seventh inning and yeah, grounds that's up the different. That's different. That. When you're talking about like Austin Romine, like we've seen, we've seen Griner. Like we've got a good enough look. I yeah. like. I get what you're saying with Lugo, then. But, like, if they're going to try and win for the first, like, 20 games of the season, you're not going to see that. And then you're going to see Lugo get his due. Once Candelario maybe, like, hits fucking 150. 178. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, like, if he's going to continue on the track he is, Lugo and Castro are going to get their time. But, I mean, if they're, they're going to try and win, I think, in the early part of this year because they've been so bad. And they, I think all these kind of guys are like 60-game sprint. We could actually put together like a 500 season and maybe sneak into the playoffs. Yeah, so who knows? I don't know. Good. Do you know, I, and I, I know friends who want them to like tank. They're like, get Kumar Rocker, the guy from Vandy. I'm like, cool, dude. a team, dude. We <laughs> talk Kumar Rocker. I don't even know what uh, – yeah. I don't know. I, I guess name, a, though. I guess he's like, already drafted. Is he? <laughs> I think so. I know he got drafted by the Rockies in like the 38th round a couple of years ago and then didn't go. And then now yeah, he's his eligibility is probably up. So, yeah, I don't know. I have some friends nibbling in my ear basically say throw new through no hitter and no college world series. I'm like, I don't care. We've got the first pick the last two years. It doesn't matter at this point. I'm over right. it. I, I would like to see them win. 
So if you're on one of those bandwagons getting the number one pick again, shut up. We've gotten well, the last two picks. <laughs> I agree, Colin. Let's go get them. Shut get up. Them. I agree. <laughs> All right. Tigers wrap up their series with the Royals tomorrow at Comerica Park. 7-10 is the first pitch. Uh, they see them, they see the Reds again. Awesome. Um, but moving on from the Tigers for now, uh, Trent, it's your turn. for. I don't even know what we called this. You did this last week. It worked. It was fun. Trent's trio of questions or something. I don't know. You got, you got I a wanted segment to call it Trent's trifecta, and then you immediately. Ooh, I like that. that. I don't no, like I that a lot. That. I hated that. You don't like trifecta? I hated yeah, that. Trent's tri- yeah, trifecta. I love it. That's Whatever, dude. Call it, call it what you I want. Got three good questions for you. Ooh, I like that notepad. Oh, you like this? Hey, yeah, I, I can't even. I can't see Collins. That's so. It's so funny to me. It's pretty the ghost of Ryan Collins. Okay, are we ready? Are we ready? Yes. Trent trifecta. I'm naming it. Screw, screw you guys. Yeah, I, I, Trent trifecta. I like Trent trifecta. Okay, Collins, you're rocking with me. Rabs is a two to one. Hate it. Yeah, um, told you. Question number one. And maybe actually, you know what? No, no, no. I'm gonna move oh, this no. three because this will be a good segue into our next next question okay. number two. If you could work at any non-Comerica park in the Major League Baseball, where would it be and why? Oh, so you're, are you saying like you, work, the, you know how the like employees watching the games? Yeah, you see like ten people scattered throughout yeah. when they're watching. Like I was thinking today, I want to be one of those guys. Where would you be? Not where would you be? Which stadium would you be in, and why? I I would probably say Coors in Colorado, because. Like, I think the part of going to a place like Fenway and Wrigley, I haven't been to either, and they're definitely on my list. I think you want to be there with fans and get that atmosphere. Like, wow, I'm in a really historic place. This is really cool. Like, I, I would like to, like, experience that with fans. You just don't know what's going to happen in Coors Field. Like, there could be, like, 15 home runs in one game. You're like, wow, this is pretty cool. I'm just sitting back here catching all the foul balls with a mask and gloves on. Nolan Arenado just hit that ball 700 feet. Like, it would be pretty cool. All right. Tough altitude. Right, Tough altitude out there. I Yeah, my initial knee jerk was I was going to say either Fenway or Wrigley. I've been to Wrigley twice. I think I agree with Kyle on the sentiment that having fans there and, like, taking a step back and, and watching a game in Wrigley – and you look around and you're like, wow, like this is exactly how it felt in like the 1920s. Like that's, it's a cool feeling. Um, I would say I've been to Chase Field once in Arizona. They got the hot tub or the, they got the pool out there. I'd just Not be in the bad. pool. I'd have like plates of nachos and mozzarella sticks coming my way. I'd just be sitting in the pool <laughs> with okay. my shirt on probably in the pool. That suits you. That suits you. And I mean that in a very good way. Um, I have been, I have been to Fenway Park. Very cool place. But, dude, L.A. baby, I need Dodger Stadium. That's where I would be. That place looks sick. It's just because it's – I just – dude, I love Los Angeles. I've never been. But I love I love just – every picture of Los Angeles I ever see, that I think it looks beautiful. Bucket list thing. I'll get out there someday. I'll make it out. I'll say this. What's it called? Dodger Stadium looks like a sick park. And, and it, it just – Dodger Stadium, I think, is, like, in the 10 stadiums of baseball where it's just, like, very recognized. Like, you see the wall and you're like, whoa. Like, this is legit baseball. I don't know. It's not a good feeling. You feel warm and you see the baby blue, like, wall that they have. And for some reason, whenever I think of the Dodgers, I think of just, like, 
NL West teams, and it's just like, wow, Matt Holiday just hitting a bomb. And here's an update from ESPN in the first inning. It's just like I feel like that's like every West Coast baseball game. All right, all right, fair. And by the way, did you guys know that Clayton Kershaw and Matthew Stafford were childhood? <laughs> okay, Mike Sullivan. Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Believe it or not. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Question number three. Before I go back to question number one, don't forget. Question number three. You have ten pitches for your life. You're standing in against one Tigers reliever. Who do you pick and why? Buck Farmer, because he stinks and he's not good. Dude, he was you, fine you need today, a hit. man. You need one hit for your life. You're taking Buck Farmer, Collins. Yeah, because he said throw me that changeup. That's just a run right over the plate. I'm going to take it over the shortstop and have a nice little single. I'm going to go one for ten. I hate, but I, I'm going to say this. I'm very biased towards Buck Farmer. All this hatred is not fair to Buck Farmer because this he, is his year, dude. He's going to be good. He might be year. actually like not horrible, but he was so bad the last two years. I just I can't. I've I've written him. He's written off. Like even if he's good, I won't take credit for him. Like I will. I might actively root against. I, I won't root against him. But me and my dad today, he comes in and we both go, oh, my God. Are you kidding? We're just – I have so much star tissue with Buck Farmer. But, yeah, he's going to throw me a terrible changeup. I'm going to take it over the third baseline. Hmm, this is a tough question. I would say my my first thought is I wanted to say Fute Ni because I just remembered, like, that's just, like, a funny name. And I would be like, oh, yeah, this guy. Who's this guy? Fute Ni coming in. I would say uh, Todd Jones. I just I, – I could never – Wait, are we doing around. all time? No, we're doing right now. I don't oh, know. Oh, right now? Yeah. Oh. I was about to say. Well, I mean, all if time we're doing all time. time. Benoit. I don't know how <laughs> Todd Jones was ever a professional pitcher with the way that Dude, he presents World Series closer. I know. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know what? You know team... what? Let's, let's do all time. You want to do all time? No, 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 no. What's no, your no, answer? No, no. Why we're going to go into this year's team. Who on this year's team would I just absolutely – I just need a hit, right? I don't need to take him yet. You need a hit. You get ten pitches. They're all going to be in the zone, okay? It's Buck not Farmer. like you got to – so you know they're coming. They're all in the zone. You just got to hit one. You got to make contact. Farmer. Get a hit. Hmm. I'll help you out. I'm taking Joe Jimenez for no other reason than – Dude, that. he throws gas. I know. No you way touch you, you tee off on it. You use like four or five to get the timing yeah, down. It explodes out of his hand. I'll tell you something, like, Matt, I I mean, thinking of, like, Tigers of all time that I think I could, like, take deep, Drew Smiley, guy threw a straight ball. <laughs> He's good now. He plays for the, played yeah. for the Giants. He played – I was just going to say, I watched the ball. I mean, he wasn't bad when he was on the Tigers, but I feel like if he throws 10 fastballs in the zone, I think I could – I oh, actually – I'm an idiot. There's no way I could ever catch up to a 95-mile-per-hour fastball. No chance. Rick, Rick Porcello is a Met now. Did you guys know that? He got lit yeah, off his he first stinks. start. Yeah, he I got on the Mets that night, and I was so mad. <laughs> I would say a guy off this roster, probably John Schreiber. He was actually pretty good last night, but he throws from that really funky arm slot, and I just think he'd kind of lay it in there over me or to me over the plate, and I would just catch it and just doink one in the left field. All right. John All right, Schreiber. So you want the smokeless Schreiber. Okay. Now, we circle back to the top of my list here. And this is a fun question, and it's going to spark plenty of conversation, I am sure. Would you rather call one game with Jack Morris or call 10 games with Bill Walton? 
Oh, my 10 God. games of Bill Walton and maybe 500 games of Bill Walton. Because I, I, I'm going to say this. It's not just Jack Morris's fault. Ja- I've never liked Jack Morris when they even brought him in with Mario. But Colin, him and Shepard. Bill Walton would drive you up the wall. Like, no, literally, I love Bill Walton. second half of that fourth game, you'd be like, okay, this guy, this guy is a little Me bit. and Bill Walton share a similar reverence for Pac-12 basketball. So, <laughs> I, I think we would get along. I – and we'll probably have better chemistry than Matt Shepard and Jack Morris do. That's like the thing. Matt Shepard's like a good announcer. Like he was really good on Michigan basketball for a while. Like he like he was very entertaining on the radio. I was like, oh, this guy's good at his job. It is it's just so it feels so unnatural, the two together. And I think it's a little bit better when Gibby's the guy, but Gibby's not great either. Like, you no, know I'm saying like Jack Morris. Is the most uninteresting man in the world. And he has, like, some interesting stories and stuff. But, it, like, people always give Rod a hard time. Like, oh, he didn't play in the 84 team. At least he brought me some excitement on a day-to-day basis. I can't handle Jack Morris <laughs> farting into the mic for three hours. <laughs> I don't think he's that bad. I he stinks. He's, he's bad. so bad. I, I, great I, Hall of Fame pitcher, great ambassador for the Tigers. Horrible broadcaster. Okay. Some people just right. don't have it. He doesn't have it. All right, Rabs. Uh, to, to answer your first question, I would go Jack Morris for one game because Bill Walton is absolutely insufferable. It should be illegal that he's allowed to be on be on television. Well, that, that's that's coming from a guy who doesn't watch Pac-12 basketball. Watch Pac-12 I, dude, basketball he, and come back to me. I Bill, I I couldn't last thirty seconds with Bill Walton, but that's beside the point. Let's this is let's oh this is a good segue track. Good good for you for bringing this that's up. Why, that's why I bumped it up. You know? Because we do have to talk about this. I will say this before I get into the Jack Morris Matt Shepard thing. Listening to those guys and I, the the very first was it the first Tigers game of the year? I think we were on the way home from a baseball game on Friday, and we turned the radio on a ninety-seven-one, and to hear Dan Dickerson and Jim Price. Oh. Dan Dickerson, especially those Dance. two, are yes. absolutely tier one sports announcers. No well, questions asked. Well, Dickerson, it, I, him and Dan Miller are just so good. Like, yes, I think they're probably the two. And Ken Cal, I, I don't even know. They have they're really good, good radio, radio really play are. by play. Who's and Mark Champions do too for the Pistons. Radio play by play in Detroit all solid, but I think Dickerson and Dan Miller are just like on another level. Dickerson is incredible. He has the voice. He has the, he's so smart. That's like the thing. He like knows baseball. I think, I mean, I think Shepard probably knows that too, but it's just, it's so choppy and uncomfortable on TV. It's not, it's not working. Yeah. I I, I don't know if they move SEMO into the booth with Shepard, but they got to figure it out because it's not working. I, I did want I would to get, love I mean, some I would love some CMO in the booth. I'll say I that. would too. Again, Dan Dickerson, absolutely incredible. The thing with Matt Shepard is like today, Jonathan Scope's home run, I swear to God, it was like in the bush and had planted roots and begun to grow as like a new baseball sapling before Shepard realized the ball was gone. Like Dickerson has that he's so good at like the ball leaves the bat. He knows where it's going. He's leading it. He, like, he's leading into it. Even if the ball's caught on the track, it can, like, get you there. And it's like, oh, like, great call. Shepard is, like I said, the ball was, like, growing into a baseball sapling. And then he realized it was gone. 
And like Morris is such a homer. He's like I, every every ball and play is like, come on, gotta get down. Okay, gotta get okay, down. Listen. He's like, well, shut everyone's up, dude. a homer. That's I not, need I mean, come the on. homer. I like to listen to the homer. Gotta get down. Yeah, gotta you get want down. your hometown guy. Yeah, so there you go, Mickey. Like, shut up, Jack. And he I don't. I don't, I don't think Jack Morris is bad. He. I don't always think he's bad. Trent, he's he's insufferable. He's. It's horrible. always like it's always like when I was pitching, or this is how I used to do it, or like Shepard, like will always just sit there and stroke him about There's like, whoa, who is the who is the guy that was doing this the most when you okay, were Okay, what Jack? did Rod do? Rod was electric. Rod was awesome. Rod. Rod no, awesome. Rod talked about himself all the time. Rod that's was the best. People, Rod, that's I'm not people. kidding. Rod Allen might be the greatest. <laughs> I, I I this might be over exaggeration. <laughs> He, on a day-to-day basis, there's no better local color broadcaster in all of America. When he was in his bad, okay. he was so good. I loved him. Here is the he point I'm so trying good. to make. Helen, the re- and look, I loved Rod. I really did. The reason Arter was great too. The reason people didn't like Rod if they didn't like him was because all he did was talk about himself. And he didn't play on the 84 Tigers team. So that is the point. That's what I'm saying. Jack Jack Morris, I don't think Jack Morris is bad. I think he could be doing worse. No, I – it's not even that. I Like, there's no humor to the broadcast. There's no, like, lighthearted, like, jabs and stuff like that. It's just – I think Shepard could do the job. Like, at a very, like, good rate because I do think he's a good announcer. But, like – they need to figure something. Like they need Simo, dude. That's they the need answer. someone else with a little bit more life that plays off Shepard a little bit more. Because Shepard's like all in, and then Morris is kind of like so reserved. It's just like two opposites and like does not play well. They like do not connect. So, I don't know. Yeah, Figure it out, got, FST. Morris, he is a legend, Hall of Famer, great for the Tigers, but I just – he Stinks in the booth. He's not yeah. doing I, 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 you guys is, I agree with you guys' bottom line of the chemistry isn't there, but I don't think the answer is just I – don't, I don't think the answer Timo. is that Jack Morris stinks. Well, I mean, I they just got to figure it. It's not it's, – it's not – it's like not an enjoyable experience to watch them on TV. It's, agree, I'm agree. just being uh, honest. I'm not trying to trash <laughs> someone. It's just not good. Okay, I'm being honest. And I'm not, not trust me, I couldn't do any better. Like, I'm not saying that because we're sports journalists. Like, I know how hard it is to do something like that. It's, like, impossible to be as smooth as someone like Dan Dickerson or, like, Howie Rose or all the – like, the guy from – like, all these guys around baseball. But, like, I don't need the game to be called perfectly. But I do want to be able to listen to the game. You're like, you know what, these guys, like – that was the thing that I mean. Rod and Mario might have hated each other. They seemed like they're pretty good. They on air, they seemed like they had pretty good like rapport. Like there, there seems like no rapport between these two. So we, got, I mean, they got to figure it out. Fair. Uh, last thing I want to do today for our uh, as we've our third annual, or I guess whatever, thir- the third time segment. doing our dumb sports radio segment that everyone loves. How about we do uh, five games in Detroit Tigers' absolute incredible overreactions? One, we can start with the fact that Jack Morris needs out of the booth. Okay. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what, Gibby ain't the answer either, but Simo yeah. might be. But Gibby at least like, tries to be funny. Like He'll crack a couple jokes. He's not great. Dude, he's really – I love Gibby, but whoa. Um, yeah. who's, got, who's got an overreaction for us? Let's spin okay. the wheel. Right I got one. Go, go I got it. one. And this one's a little uninteresting because I've already said it about six times. Greg Soto's my tiger. 
Looked online for I looked online for a jersey. What? They don't make them. They don't make them. Yeah, he's pitched two games this year. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. He throws gas. He he's needs out, yeah, he, he locates he's got a little so swag well, too. too. He's he needs he does, too. He's got such swag. He's got the little the little rooster haircut going on. Yeah, got the sweet socks. Yeah. Yeah, dude. He's a he's great. And his I like what baseball's done with their socks. Hate his it. last name is Soto. That's so you bad. You hate it? You should you should be legally required to either wear a solid team color sock or a stirrup. Dude, you're such a nerd. You're such a nerd. You're such a nerd. What is you're these nerd. guys wearing like sky, like, like the like the skyline on the it's sock? Cool. There's like seven different Who pairs cares? of socks on the field. <laughs> solid color, solid team color, or the stirrup, and that's it. I have I, I have a, I, I have a new cool. idea for a segment. It's called Rabs' Old Man Take of the Week. That's it this week. It's honestly, okay. it should. That's my take. We'll, you should we'll only be allowed to wear we'll solid team color socks or the stirrup. Okay, we'll go back to the Novi the- Little League where that was the rule. Hey, don't hate on the Novi Little League. It's not competing NYBL with the Rochester made. Little League. I'll tell you that. Okay, yeah. <laughs> See, I'm a diamond. Um, who's got Collins? You got an overreaction? Uh, CJ Trone, AL MVP. Uh, <laughs> no, um, I think my overreaction is that like Matt Boyd stopped, like is bad. And I told you that we should have talked about this, and I think you had the same sentiment. I just think that like my overreaction, like week one, is like uh, they should have dealt Matt Boyd last year. Like yep. you already touched on. Mine says right here in 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 print. Time for Matthew Boyd to go. Okay, I want to go. I, I that's why it's an overreaction. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, what else have I got here? Uh, oh my! As I said, overreaction after game one. This team might might not win double digit games. Um, Greg Soto should be the new closer. Yep, that's an overreaction. Maybe a hot take. I just don't think his his stuff is just better than Big Joe's stuff. He just throws it is. fast. What was it? A nine pitch inning? Yeah, what, he I think it literally was nine. He it paints was like the black like. What's the guy? Huck Finn or Tom Sawyer that paints the fence? Couldn't tell you. I don't know what you're talking about. Huckleberry Finn, right? The guy that paints the fence, or is that Moby? I'll tell Dick? you something. I spark voted that. Spark voted right that book in junior Dick. year of high school. Got an Which eighty-five one, on the test. Tom Sawyer, like the Rush song, or like Moby Dick? <laughs> Huck Finn. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I got an overreaction for you. I got an overreaction for you. Okay, Collins, hit us. I think Jacoby Jones is the best overall player on the Detroit Tigers. Don't hate that, Collins. I don't hate it either. I don't hate it either. I hope you're and, right about that. And I, I don't know if you touch on this, Rebs, or we're just on this – talking about this before he I don't know why he's batting in the nine spot and I know they're trying to do a little like double lead off type of thing and maybe that's another numbers thing I think he's like a perfect like fifth hitter and a per like he's not gonna be a guy who gets on base a ton but he kind of has a knack for getting big hits like when guys that like he usually hits the ball harder and there's guys on base so I yeah I agree, and he plays premier center field. He's premier out there. So I think he's their best overall player. What's my oh I got another one here. Uh, here's a here's an overreaction. Kristen Stewart will not be an everyday player for this team after next month. He's gonna Maybe lose his spot. He's gonna lose his spot to Victor Reyes. I'm telling you 100. Yeah. percent And reason being is number one, Jacoby Reyes Jones is your center good. fielder. 
That's bottom line. And while you have Cameron Maben here, that's your guy. And again, another, I love Cameron Maben to death. As I said, had a personalized shirt after Cameron Maben. I love him in right field. He should lead off, by the way, or Jacoby Jones at a good room. But if you're going to play him in right field on an everyday basis, that means your only spot for a guy like Derek Hill, who's on the IL right now, this Troy Stokes Jr. or whatever that also made the roster, and Reyes and Stewart. Left field's the only way in. I mean, is Demarin not playing outfield, or is he third no, base? No, he is. He is. But I think he might be on the taxi squad, to be honest with you. Tough, tough bounce I mean, for Travis Demarin. I mean, you haven't seen him yet. So, again, all those Where's names Brandon Dixon? Where are all these guys? Dixon's well, gone. I, I, don't, I don't need to see Brandon Dixon. I'll tell Dixon's you that. Well, he's not even he's on the no team. Longer, he's no longer a tight I'm an idiot. I was just I, – I, I, I mean, there was such a revolving door in the outfield last year. I just – naming names. But, Vin, but you're I, right. Victor Reyes is – gotten way better i mean he's, he's better a better he's a better he's a better outfielder to me he has more range and Kristen stewart's knock as far he's as being an outfielder dude. was he didn't have a big arm and victor reyes has the arm for you and at the plate he's a switch hitter which Kristen stewart you really can't bat him against lefties but you know reyes being a switch hitter the way that he is and he's shown you some some decent production in a very very small sample size at the plate Way better than, as you said, Collins. His swing has improved exponentially from last year. In my eyes, come next month, Kristen Stewart's going to be the guy that's begging to get reps in the outfield. Bottom line, because you can't DH him because he got Miggy, and Miggy ain't going to be playing first base for 40 games because you have C.J. Crump. So that's it for you. Those are all my overreactions. Love it. I wish I brought a little more flair with that. I only had one. Uh, also – Overreaction. Grayson Reiner is the worst player on the planet. I'm kidding. <laughs> Dude, you guys got to chill out with Grayson Griner, man. He's just, just not chance. good. He's a, you know, he's a backup catcher at best. Well, that's the thing. I don't know. Like, you, you got Jake Rogers and then this kid from Ohio State they just got who they called him the catcher of the future. So, what are we doing? Someone's oh. got to move. James Chance had like 900 wherever he's at now. So, yeah, probably still a White Sox. A white sock. I always love seeing the uh, uh, Eugenio Suarez every time Eugenio? he comes. Whatever, yeah. Say that <laughs> again. You pronounce the first pronounce name. that again. They, dude, they they call him Eugenio. Like it's like Eugenio, but like Eugenio Suarez or something. What used to be a tiger now is like the best third baseman in baseball. <laughs> I don't subscribe to that Eugenio thing. That's what they call him, dude. Look it up. Dude, the Tigers, I'll say this. The Tigers had a lot of, like, decently big position player prospects coming up, I think, through, like, 06 to, like, 2015. And none of them really panned out except Cassianos. And they just would always have these random guys, like Suarez, Matt Joyce, like, Andy Dirt. So, like, not, like, must-see, like, prospects, but you're like, oh, this guy kind of just showed up and is good. Jose Iglesias. Jose Iglesias they traded for, so that wasn't the guy in their farm system. But, like, Suarez. Well, yeah, he just showed up. Yeah, I mean, Suarez, I mean, he's turned himself into a nice player. Thank God we needed Alfredo Simon for that year. That's right, Big Pasta. Big pasta. You that had to know stunk. that was a red flag if his name's the Big Pasta, right? Yeah. <laughs> I liked him for a little while. For, like, what, two games? Yeah, like a couple weeks maybe. I don't know. Big Pass is a fire nickname. I don't care what anyone says. Yeah, I mean, his name's Alfredo. I think your name was. Yeah. I just tried to think. Being of- named Big Anything is, uh, I mean, you have to have some self conscious, like, like self esteem issues for sure. 
I guess okay. so. I agree with that. <laughs> I guess so. Is that, is that it? Is that right. You have anything else, guys? No, I'm going to go eat some watermelon. Sounds so good right now. Excellent. Okay, well, when Collins goes to eat his watermelon, we'll wrap it up here. That's it for today's episode of the Motown Rundown. Glad to have baseball back. Glad to be watching the Tigers again. Uh, for Trent Bailey and Ryan Collins, I'm Ryan Rabinowitz. Submit any questions, comments, or suggest topics for the show at Motown underscore Rundown on Twitter or on Facebook at the Motown Rundown page. Do not miss a single episode of the show. We're on Apple Podcasts and we're on Spotify. New episodes every week. Let's play ball, folks. Wash your hands. Stay safe. We love you guys. We'll see you next time.